Craven the Hunter is officially on the loose. Sony Pictures showcased a teaser at CinemaCon this week, and they brought Aaron Taylor Johnson on the stage, and he made a big announcement. Craven the Hunter will be R-rated. Also, David Zasloff, CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, made a pretty big announcement of his own at CinemaCon yesterday. He said, no more direct-to-streaming movies for the future of Max. And today is April 26, 2023, and JT is here to give us his top picks and reviews for New Comic Book Day. I'm your host, Amir, and this is the One in 100 Podcast. All right, let's get to it. So, listen, CinemaCon is off to a great start right now. Uh, a lot of uh, film production companies are letting us know what they have, you know, coming for us in the future. Uh, you know, showing some sneak peeks and teasers and trailers and full blown movies are being shown at CinemaCon. By the way, if anybody knows how to get to CinemaCon, like in Las Vegas, like how do I get a ticket to that? Please let me know. Um, you know, make, make life easy on me and just, just, just direct me right to how to get there. Cause I would love to go, go do that. Uh, it seems like it's like the ultimate cheat code when you get to go to, uh, CinemaCon and get all this, uh, early reviews and reactions to different things and teasers and all that stuff, man. So yeah, it sounds really dope, but Sony Pictures, they have officially, officially confirmed that Craven the Hunter is definitely happening and it's going to be R-rated. All right. So this is big news. Um, I feel like they announced this maybe a year ago that they were going to do this, but we haven't heard anything about this movie since it was announced, you know. Uh, so, you know, people really kind of are like, you know, letting it fall off their radar, but they, they're definitely doing it over there at Sony. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson will be starring as Craven the Hunter. Um if you know him, you know, if you don't know him, he's from um, he was Quicksilver in the Avengers Age of Ultron. He also played Kick-Ass in that franchise. So he's a really decent actor, man, when it comes to like the superhero stuff. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing this. But what's really cool is that it's going to be Sony's like first R-rated movie. Uh, and Aaron Taylor Johnson seems to be super excited about it. <laughs> uh, he basically uh, the quote that they have here from CBR is. He uh, said to the crowd after uh, or before previewing this teaser, uh, will it be R-rated? F yeah, it'll be R-rated. So it sounds like it's going to be a, a good time. Uh, they haven't released any footage yet as of you know the time of me recording this. There hasn't been any... Um, any any teasers of like that on, on YouTube or anything like that. But according to CBR, uh, the teaser showed uh, Taylor Johnson antihero in a violent face off against a group of mercenaries, including Craven biting off one of the approachers noses like what the heck? <laughs> uh, additional footage also included. Adiana Du Bois, uh, her role will be Calypso, and it also featured another classic Spider-Man villain, Rhino. All right, so this sounds like um, 
it could possibly be a good time. Like, listen, I don't want to get too, too excited. Obviously, I haven't seen a trailer or a teaser or anything like that. So I don't want to get too hyped. But just the fact to, you know, knowing that this big game hunter, you know, Craven is going to be out there really kicking butt and taking names, you know, like going crazy in this and knowing it's going to be R rated. That just means they're just going to go all the way in with this and uh i'm excited to see how this turns out man um also the thing that i'm i am a little nervous about right because we did get some you know some interesting venom movies uh i am a little nervous that they're going to make craven the hunter like maybe a good guy like i don't want him to be an anti-hero like i really want him to be able to go up against spider-man in some type of crossover movie or maybe even uh venom you know what i'm saying like that would be interesting you know knowing that venom is out here saving people right now um and i'm pretty sure he would be considered a big game you know what i'm saying like a, for the big game hunter craving the hunter you know so I, w- I would like to see who he's going to face off with but i really hope that they stay on the path of him being a villain you know of course every villain thinks that they're the hero in their own story but i wouldn't mind seeing that like let's get a uh maybe an origin story on how he became this villain and why he either wants to hunt down spider-man or how he got hired to do so and or why he wants to hunt down a, a, a venom you know what i'm saying like i really think that that would be a really cool thing for them to do beings that right now in sony um we don't have any villains over there in the spider-man universe that have really been like terrifying like craven the hunter you know what i'm saying like i don't feel like we've had that in the spider-verse over there so if this would be something where he can line up against spider-man and and take him down i'm all for it man so hopefully they keep him on the path of villain you know but with that said let's kick it over to jt and find out what his top picks were for new comic book day april 26 2023 Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Amir. Uh, it's your man, JT. Um, I got three books for you tonight, as always. Uh, we're going to start off with Monica Rambeau, Photon, number five, written by Eve nice. Ewing. And this is the end of the five-issue run. Uh, it was really, it was a fun read up until this point with a satisfying conclusion. You know, this entire story, nice. um, basically, from issue one till now, was really just a retelling of who Monica Rambeau is. And, you know, spoilers for anybody who didn't pick up number four, they kind of alluded that she possibly is a mutant. Right. You know, because her powers manifested when she was young and she just basically kept it to herself. Right. But by the end of this story, you find out how powerful she really is and how limitless her powers can be. I mean, this this story, this whole journey has been basically about her having doubt about whether or not she could lead the Avengers, whether or not she was good enough, whether or not she was good in relationships. It, it's really a deep story. I recommend that if, you know, if you don't pick up the last issue, at least get the um, 
the trade when it comes out if you're a fan of yeah. Monica Rambeau. Me personally, I'm a fan of her overall just because of her power dynamic and how many things she's able to actually accomplish. And the things that she does in this run, you know, it's it's fun. It was a fun read, you know. There's no other way I could put it except for I would definitely say this was something worth reading. Um, next up was nice. Strange Academy Finals, number six, by yeah. Scotty Young with pencils by Humberto Ramos, and Humberto Ramos never fails yeah, he's a bad with the, when it comes to action and art. I can sit mm-hmm. there and just look at this man's artwork all day uh, without the benefit of a story. But in this case, we have a twofer because we have a benefit of an amazing story. Uh, is basically the conclusion I would say of everything that built up from the previous run and this with Emily Bright coming face to face with the students from uh, the Academy, you know, and she's on this power trip that, you know, she feels like she can do better and that the students have been used by the Academy professors to further an agenda and that the kids should be out on their own with their powers manifesting and doing their own thing. The only problem is, is that it's power unchecked, you know, and she grew darker and darker as the series went on, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the ironic part because her name is literally Emily Bright and (laughs) Dormammu's son is the one who's the voice of reason. So, like, this evil incarnate son, Doyle, is like, nah, you might want to just chill, baby girl. And and the funny thing is, they were dating at one point. So, in this issue, you find her coming head-to-head with the other students and faculty, and unfortunately, someone fell in this issue. It it was not somebody I thought was going to, you know leave us but apparently mm-hmm. someone just didn't make it like in any war but in hey. the end you know Doyle also did his best to reconcile with what his father was who he is and ultimately um the good triumphed over the evil I mean it, it was really good um I believe this is probably the end for now Mm-hmm. as they kind of alluded that they may do something in the future, which might be a whole new line of um, students that are going to crop up. And if that's the case, you know, it would be a good jumping on point for some people, people who like to spec, because I'll be honest with you, I, I got this run early on when it first came out simply because of the art and because it was Scotty Young. And yeah. now, now literally issue one from like the first volume is still like, $50 is the cheapest you're going to get it for. Mm-hmm. And with some of the variants going up to a hundred or $200 off a wow. of spec that they may do a show. Right. For strange Academy. And, uh, speaking of spec, uh, the last book on my list is Philadelphia number 30 by our brother, Rodney Barnes. And all I can say is, um, wow. Just wow. I mean, it's a conclusion to the overall arc Mm -hmm. with uh, several things happening, including, um, you know, I can't even say it because I'd end up spoiling it. 
the last page I'm not going to spoil for anybody, yeah. but I'm just going to say if you're like a fan of horror and you like these type of things, and you know the funny part is I will say this, and this and this honestly is going to be funny. They spoiled it a long time ago with one of their covers. I'm not going to say which cover. Really? Wow. There was a cover. It was hiding in plain sight. And it literally was in plain sight. Wow. And it was something that they did, and they did it in such a masterful way that once you actually pick up the book and read it, you're going to understand. But by the time this is all is said and done, we realize the power that was granted to Seesaw who I find to be an amazing character because he literally is nothing more than a street cat, Cody Fingers, who everyone underestimated. You had vampires underestimating this brother. You had gods underestimating this brother. But at the end of the day, he did what he was supposed to do and things worked out. And there was actually, because Rodney Barnes has a vast universe, Right. He did right. throw he did he did throw a character in there that I thought was kind of funny. And I was just like, mm. Rodney. I think I, think I know Mr. I, Mr. I think I know who showed up. I, I I'm not gonna spoil it for myself, but I think I know who showed up. Oh, even if you said it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna acknowledge I'm not gonna tell you whether you're right or wrong. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was basically those are the three books um that I you know read this week that really were good to me um in the future though i'm going to tell everybody now there will be an event coming up um and featuring actually focusing on miles Mm. and i would recommend anybody who is interested in the ultimate universe characters and whatnot you know you might want to hunt down the first appearance of the maker which was the um the the ultimate universe version of reed richards um because he's going to be at the focal point of that. And I find that that that, that looks like he's going to be interesting to me. I'm not big on crossover events. You know this because to me, they're all right, most right, of the right. time they're money grabs. But I'll be honest with you. I'm probably going to pick this up because I like Miles. I think he's a dope character. You know, whether or not people, oh, he's a legacy. He's this, he's that. Yeah, but he's he's his own character. And I think he's coming into his own. And that, you know, this is not this there's no coincidence that they're doing this now when they also have another spider-verse movie coming out and you know i think that it would definitely be something worth picking up and if you guys can grab his first appearance whether it be a first print second print i would definitely say do that but ultimately as always you know support your local shops the story is called yeah. the ultimate ultimate invasion right that's the one you're talking about yes it is yeah that's what i'm talking about Yep, with Jonathan Hickman. And Jonathan yeah. Hickman is a phenomenal writer. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely recommend picking that yeah. out. But as always, like I always tell you guys, you know, start a pull list somewhere. Get that discount. You know, support your local shops. Hunt go. down these books. Enjoy the reads. You know, and, you know, keep it 100. That That's it. That's what we do here. That's what we Absolutely. always do here. But, um, you know, as always, like I said, you know, you guys stay safe out there. And uh, collect and support this hobby. Heck yeah, man. We appreciate you, JT. And uh, we'll definitely be checking in with you next week, man. It's probably going to be another big week again. It's the top of the month. You know you know how they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know how they do it. They ain't doing, they, they ain't doing me nothing because, I, man, I'm out, I'm out here trying to try not to, to go crazy spending 
on some of these books, but you know, a lot of these books is still worth it. Yeah. And I'm gonna say this one more time, Philadelphia number 30. I'm just saying you heard it here first. There you go. Pick it out. Yeah. Because exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you, brother. All right, man. You guys take it easy. We believe in the full windowing. We are in no rush to bring movies to max. It is a great service. Movies that open in theaters perform substantially better than any of the direct to streaming movies. We have to rally right now. It's a moment in time when people need to be entertained. What is Warner Brothers Discovery? It is a storytelling business and the purest form are motion pictures in theaters. The phones go off and the lights go out. That's the only place it happens. It is a community experience. All right. So that quote came from David Zaslov. He is the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, and he said this during the panel uh, that they had earlier today, which is um Tuesday that I'm recording recording on this will be out on Wednesday but he said that earlier in the afternoon you know during their panel at CinemaCon and you know what I agree with him man not everything is made to go direct to streaming all right but it is a great help <laughs> when your movies do not perform well in theater and you can get them to the people a little bit faster. When you know you're just not going to get that victory and get your money back in theater, it's probably a better opportunity for you to at least get some streaming, you know, content out for the people to to at least stay in in contact with your your uh, IP and everything like that. For example, Black Adam. All right. Black Adam did not do very well in theaters and it ended up on uh, HBO Max, which is now Max uh, very quickly. Uh, Shazam, I believe, is coming to HBO Max or I'm sorry, to Max very soon if it's not already on there. So, I mean, it is a great way to at least, you know, get people to watch your content um, if it doesn't succeed, succeed in the theaters. But I believe it is time for movies to stay where movies belong, which is in the theater. Um, Watching it on the big screen TV at home, it's just not the same. You know, it's not the same experience. Like he said, like you can you you can pause it. You can go get something to eat. You go to the bathroom like, you know, the dogs are barking. Kids are asking you questions, you know, and you kind of like fall out of, you know, engagement with the movie. When you go to the theater, man, it's really nothing like it. It's really nothing like it, man. I love going to the movies and and chilling out with my wife and, you know, having a big box of popcorn and, you know, just doing what we do and just chilling and enjoying a movie and being in that world for a few hours, you know, and uh, I, I agree with him 100 percent. But what I will say about what David Zaslov said um, is, you know, they don't want to put anything straight to Max. Okay, I get you. But you have a lot of movies that you guys are planning to do with the Disney imprint uh, with with uh, James Gunn and Peter Sanfran. I don't know if all those movies are going to be a hit, my friend. <laughs> you know, some of those movies might come out and and completely flop. You know, when when you um, 
when you put them out in the theater. So the question becomes, what are you going to do then when your movie flops? Are you just going to leave it in the theater and let it continue to not make any money? Or are you just going to, you know, throw the white flag up and be like, all right, let's throw it on on Max. At least we can get some more viewership up. Maybe we can get some more ratings from the people that are seeing it at home and things like that. And then also another question that I want to get into with Kay later on this week. So make sure you guys tune in uh, on Saturday's episode. Now, we talked about pressure, right? Last weekend, we talked about James Gunn uh, possibly being under a little bit more pressure than anybody else when it comes to the movies that are going to be coming out in the future for DCU. You know, he's setting it off. He's going to be putting Superman out first. Uh, You know, obviously, he's a great director. He's a great writer. That means the level of talent that he hires coming behind him is going to have to be at that same level or DC is is just not going to look good, in my opinion. Right. But now is David Zasloff putting more pressure on James Gunn and Peter Safran because you're saying, listen, that streaming stuff is not an option no more. That is it. The only thing we're going to put on Max are movies that are made for it, like, you know, smaller budget movies, animated stuff. Uh, TV series, things like that. That's the only thing we're going to be putting on Max. As far as our big budget movies, like Superman and Batman Brave and the Bold and the, the Wonder Woman thing, those are going to be on the big screen, so you better make them good. <laughs> so I am very interested in seeing how this all pans out in the next few years when the DC stuff starts coming out. So we'll see. Um, but with that said, that'll do it for today's episode of the one in 100 podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you are new to the podcast uh, and leave a rating, you know, leave a rating, leave a comment and everything like that. Uh, and you can also, if you want to continue to support the podcast, the, uh, the support, the show link is down in the, in the description It's called buy me coffee. You can donate five bucks to the cause so we can continue to produce and make content for you guys every week. Um, yeah, so that'll be a great way to do it. So make sure you guys go down in the description and just go hit those links and, you know, you can donate and you can leave a comment also about how you guys feel about the show. And it'll be a great way for us to engage with you guys as well. So with that said, I'm out of here and we will be back on Saturday. So once again, hit that subscribe button. We're on all major platforms uh, where podcasts are available. So be good to yourself and be good to others. I'm your host, Amir, and this is the One in 100 podcast.